Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. Welcome back to another episode of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty series. In this series, we talk to the brand leaders about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Jimmy Budnick, who's the Vice President of CRM at Overstock, uh, which took home two awards at the 2020 Loyalty 360 Awards. A good friend of mine, one of the smartest guys in the business, one of the nicest guys in the business too, and uh, uh, it's always great to talk to him. They received a gold in the employee engagement and impact category and silver in the technology and trends. Uh, so, Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark, and thanks for the intro. It's, it's great to chat with you today. Great. Um, first off, we always like to get a little personal touch uh, to understand what uh, what you do. But first off, what do you do at Overstock? Uh, and obviously, be good to know a little more about Overstock as well. But we also like to get a fun fact about you. We were just talking before about skiing. Maybe that's a fun fact, something you like to do, something you have a passion for. Uh, yeah, so I've been at Overstock for about 13 years. I've been all around the business. I, I spent most of the last three years over in the customer care org. Uh, and then in 2021, uh, I have a big career opportunity to come over uh, to CRM, Customer Relationship Management. And this is all about really uh, in the world of big data, big tech, understanding our customer and offering them unique personalized experiences and building cool strategies on how to activate uh, with them. So yeah, that, that's the exciting work that I'm doing over at Overstock right now. Uh, I'll give a couple of fun facts. You can decide if they're fun or not. Uh, one is I listen to an abnormal amount of audiobooks. Uh, most public libraries let you download them for free. So I think last year I did about 70 audiobooks, all total sci-fi fantasy, like not learning any more about my business, a little bit of that, but yeah, that's what I, I do when I'm like doing chores and, and going out for a walk is tons of audiobooks. Uh, my extreme really? obsession hobby that I haven't been able to do for a little bit now is uh, ever since I was 18, I've played competitive ultimate Frisbee. I played all through college as an adult, played at uh, the national championships, finished dead last, uh, but I, I got to put on my resume that I got to go to the national championships. Uh, so ultimate Frisbee is kind of my love sport that I, I've grown addicted to in, in my adult years. Uh, of all the things I didn't know, I didn't know that. So I feel uh, I've known you for three or four years now. Now I know that you are ultimate Frisbee. I'm not very good. Uh, so I will not be playing that with you, but uh, that's good to know. Yeah, there's even one year we had a semi-professional uh, team in uh, Salt Lake City in the AUDL League. And I, I, I played for them for a year. So yeah, that, that, that's my thing. All right. Good. Um, for those who don't know about Overstock, can you uh, give us a short uh, overview, history of Overstock and what you guys do? Of course. So Overstock, hopefully everyone's heard of it. Uh, we've been around since 1999, a pure play e-commerce company. So really, we were there at the foundation when the Amazons and Ebays and Overstocks uh, were really launching the e-commerce industry. Uh, we're one of the top five home goods retailers uh, out there. So that's, that's our, our focus right now. Uh, and we're, we're just doing great. So come check us out. They're great. Uh, employee engagement. Uh, employee engagement impact category, you uh, obviously did very well, uh, winning the gold uh, award in a very competitive uh, industry. And you guys always seem to do very, very well in the employee engagement uh, kind of uh, awards that we have. You know, what does that uh, mean to you? And, and, and how are employees, you know, such a big focus of what you guys do, but also the end customer, how they enhance the customer experience. How important is that uh, from an employee engagement perspective? Absolutely. So I, I know all companies uh, love their employees and love their customers. And, and Overstock, we just have, being an e-commerce company, we have 
just a different perspective and a different spin on this because we don't have those uh, frontline store clerk type workers who are, are, are shaking hands with the customers. Well, our interactions are, are digital or over the phones. And uh, that puts the burden on the developers, on the analysts, on everyone to make sure that the customer's having a unique experience. Um, so with that level of uh, involvement in the customer interactions, uh, we put a greater burden than many others probably on our employees really stopping and taking every moment to think about what, what they're doing impacts the customer, what line of code impacts the customer. It's one of the questions we ask on our employee satisfaction survey is simply, do you know how your job impacts the customer? Uh, and throughout the org, we keep re-emphasizing it on, on a regular basis that each role impacts the customer. So that's kind of like the mantra throughout the company that that helps establish that foundation for, for employees delivering customer experiences. Okay. Hey, your employees, uh, specifically your customer care agents that you talked of, they, they're encouraged to really engage the audience, your customers in the channel that they have a preference for. You know, how do you decide what channel to use and, and how do you effectively you know, utilize each? So the, the first place you want to look is to have the authentic conversation that the customer's looking for. As times change and, and the customer demographics change, you're, you're going to see a lot more people who genuinely would prefer a text message to a phone call, for example. If that's where the customer is comfortable and that's where the most authentic conversation and relationship is going to be built, we want to offer that channel and respond to the customer in the way that makes the most sense to what the customer is trying to accomplish. So really listening to the way the customer is speaking and, and what technology they're using to achieve that goal. I'll add on to that, understanding that the solution to the conversation can also dictate what channel. Given that many of our solutions are going to be digitally based, it might be easier to email or text a link to a customer so that they can find what they're looking for rather than trying to communicate that over a phone call. So it's also about solution-oriented uh, channels and giving the, the, especially in the customer care world, giving those agents the, the tools and resources so that they can communicate to that customer uh, in that way each time. But really it, it starts with the customer and the way they, they want to talk. If they want to be on the phone, we'll be there, be there for them. Uh, if they want to do self-service, agentless interaction, we'll make sure that our website offers functionality where they can do it all on their own. Okay, interesting. When you look at, uh, obviously, uh, you guys have a technology group that you leverage quite often uh, in, in, in looking at cutting-edge technology and utilizing cutting-edge technologies to, you know, for customers to help find what they're looking for at every touch point is very important, especially as you are all digital and you have tens of thousands of SKUs that, that you uh, surface. Can you talk about some of these technologies that you, you utilize and you leverage? Definitely. So the, the first place that we're, we've been seeing for probably now a decade, but we, the, the shift continues to grow towards mobile. The, the customers are doing the vast majority of their shopping on a mobile device. And their, even their communication, whether it is a phone call or a text message, it's going to happen on a mobile device. So we have to perceive the world that the customer is holding the mobile device when they're engaging with our brand and looking to that platform as the, the phones and devices uh, iterate and innovate um, that we're, we're adapting with that. So I'd say that's, that's one of the biggest foundations is to have a mobile first strategy. Uh, we definitely would love to see more people signing up for our app is that offers the best uh, mobile experience. And that's a big focus for us. The other side of it is the computer brains of the world are getting bigger and smarter. 
Uh, so this means we can create, consume, and analyze more data about our customer, about our website, about that experience, and really about applying that information to improving the customer experience. And this is a big part of what CRM does, a big part of uh, my obsession at the company right now is, is taking that big data and that customer experience it and, and connecting the dots between those. So, so those are two of the big areas we're looking at with technology. Okay, great. Yeah, the Club O program, very successful, uh, great program. Uh, been a member for a long time. I like the 5% reward, uh, which you gotta give back, which is always when you buy a three, $400 uh, piece of furniture or five, it gives you a little bit to get started with that next piece. And uh, COVID, we've freed out at least two rooms. So, um, so uh, what's new with the Big O program, the Club O program? I'm sorry. Uh, what are you guys doing? What's new? Uh, what, are you, what are you working on? Yeah, so uh, we have some great new team members on the Club O program. So, so it's great to, to see some fresh blood in there, pumping out some good ideas. Uh, really excited about where it's going in the upcoming year. Uh, but, but for right now, it's really about taking this and, and we'll, we'll say uh, the post-COVID transition. Once, once people started really being at home, they started shopping online a lot. Overstock saw tremendous growth in new customers, really encountering e-commerce for the first time. But as we look at the life cycle of those new customers, Club O is always a destination on that journey. So there's a big emphasis to ensure that all these customers we've acquired in 2020 are on a path towards Club O and figure out what did they need uniquely to join the program. Uh, because once we get them into the program, uh, th that, that's really a great place to nurture long-term loyalty and, and ultimately a lot of profitability. So I'd say that's a big focus is the acquisition of, of many of these new customers into the loyalty ecosystem of Club O. Okay. When you look at uh, customer loyalty, we always like to talk to the, the marketers we speak with to understand kind of how they define customer loyalty, what it means to them. What does customer loyalty mean to you and to Overstock? Yeah, that, that's, that's a big uh, tricky question, which I, I promise you there are debates in our building about what the word means on any given day. Uh, so at the heart of it is we want to make sure that when a customer's in the market for home goods, that they're on the verge of making a purchase, uh, that we're in their consideration set and that we're at the top of their consideration set, that, that they, they think of us as a great home goods retailer, that we're going to offer amazing value, a great experience, a great quality product. If we are leading that level of loyalty where we are their top choice and top of mind, um, that's the level of loyalty we aspire to with all of our customers. On any individual person's life, the, the way they shop for their home differs wildly. There are those people who are shopping every week for a new item to freshen up their decor, to stay seasonally relevant, um, or they have multiple kids in, in their house that are just tearing stuff up like I have some, from time to time. And on the other hand, we have people who are going to go through a slower cadence where it might be as they move into a new home, they redecorate the entire house. And then they can go a little bit idle for a while until their next big purchase, their next big project. We need to identify all of them as loyal and all of them in our loyalty ecosystems as being loyal to us, even though their shopping cadence differs. And I think that's where a big complexity in the home goods arena comes from defining what loyalty is. And it has to start with the customer perspective of loyalty, not uh, the conversion revenue metric of loyalty. Right. 
Well, I think that that's very important too. Uh, understanding where they are in their quote unquote life cycle is very important. And and, and customer loyalty is all about personalizing the, their offer, the, their interests, and, and kind of being able to listen to them, understand them, to, to use that uh, insight to kind of drive communication and, and, and cadence as well, correct? Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. When you look at uh, some of the challenges and uh, that we've gone through going through COVID, I know we've talked in last year about some initially just even getting getting product in. You guys addressed that very quickly, and and uh, you know understanding what customers looking for, how their shopping had changed. You know, when you look at uh, your customers, how 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 your customers changed, and how how do you see them changing potentially going forward? Yeah, it it, it was uh, I, I think a life changing moment for all of us for for globally. Uh, we did see dramatic changes as, as brick and mortar stores closed, e-commerce became a haven for people to shop as people uh, were isolated to their homes. Uh, their home being a comfortable, cozy, safe place became even more valuable. Uh, we also saw the challenges with social distancing across the logistics, supply chain, manufacturing, um, that there's still remnants of that. Uh, we're, we're seeing big challenges getting things uh, you know, across the ports and across the seas, the cost of goods. So it, it's still very relevant. Uh, the retail world is adapting to it. So the customers might not feel the pain as much, but we are still very aware of the impact of, of COVID on the entire supply chain and our customer base. What we've seen at a more personal level is the customers are becoming more and more comfortable shopping online. It's becoming a, it is becoming the new norm. Uh, I, I can remember, for example, flying back to JFK before uh, COVID really hit the States and having a mask in my backpack and being too self-conscious to put it on because it seemed abnormal. But now I would put a mask on anywhere. I sometimes drive around with masks. I'm just too lazy to take it off. This level of adapting to a new norm is, is something that I think we'll see with e-commerce as brick and mortar stores open uh, across the country. Many people have now learned the convenience of shopping online and expecting that daily UPS delivery to be at their front doorstep. Uh, many people are still working remote and potentially working remote for a longer time. So those deliveries are, are, are more convenient to them uh, and not having to drive to the store. So, so I think that's what we're looking at looking forward is this, this ad adaptation becoming the adoption where it, it is what people prefer to shop. And Overstock's can keep building with that mindset uh, at, at top of mind that shopping online is really something that the customers should delight in and it should be a superior experience. Absolutely. And you talked about personalization being very important to you, understanding kind of uh, what customers are interested in and how you can respond to them in kind. You know, what are the challenges and opportunities you see for personalization? You know, there's lots of challenges right now with cookies going away and, and Facebook and, and, and uh, Google fighting and, and what have you. What do you see as the kind of the, the challenges or even the opportunities when it comes to, to personalization? There are a couple big things on the forefront. There are the cookies issues, uh, Apple making updates to the iPhone that will challenge getting data from one source. What we've seen over the past decades of being in the e-commerce world, the data always finds a way. There will always be a find, uh, find a way to find that data to connect that information. Ultimately, it is the ecosystem which thrives in that marketing and personalization ac across e-commerce. So I'm confident that we will find unique solutions, maybe different aspects of uh, customer identity will be cloaked here or available here, but, but we have to just stay at the forefront of it, adapting to whatever changes may come. As I said earlier, the amount of data I think is gonna continue to grow exponentially. 
we're going to know more and more about what every click a customer takes. But now maybe every millisecond of where they're, what they're doing between those clicks. As this data grows, it is just data. Converting that data into meaningful insights, converting that data into changing the customer experience it, it is above all the Herculean feet in front of us. That's the challenge. We will find data. We'll find a lot of data. Making it meaningful will be really difficult. And it's exciting because there are amazing scientists, far smarter than I, who are developing technology in the ML AI world that is sculpting that. On the other side of it is what I would consider the customer perception of personalization. It's the things shared on social media. It's the negative spin about it. Ultimately, if what people want is an authentic experience with a brand where they're talking to them like a human being, where they're, where they're offering them what they're interested in, not offering them what they're not interested in, that is personalization. It is what they want. We have to avoid the personalization that crosses the line into information that shouldn't be shared and isn't relevant to that experience. And brands need to be very careful about developing a relationship that the customer wants with the personalization, not avoiding personalization because they read someone was upset about it, but really building the, the most authentic and pure personalization that makes it as close to human to human as possible it is, is the, the second biggest challenge. You, you mentioned uh, technology being uh, kind of a, a part of this, right? And being able to sculpt uh, the interactions. What are some challenges that you see with technology? We, we know a lot of marketers uh, find it hard to get the right technology stacks to work together. You know, you have to work with potentially agents or consultants to, to, to help you. Uh, I know you guys on the show, but what do you see as kind of the big challenge with regard to technology today? So I, I think this is one of the areas that we're probably almost already cheating. As we've always been a technology company for 20 years, um, we've kind of over-invested or invested the right amount into technology day in, day out. So for us, when we hear about a lot of the complaints or challenges that many of these brands are getting as they're trying to uh, uh, convert to a more e-commerce strategy, um, fortunately, we're a couple steps ahead of that right now. So, so those aren't the, the, the big, scary uh, monsters in the closet to us. We love technology. We geek out on it. Um, our, our company is a majority technology data people. Um, so, so for, for us, that's really exciting. I, I, I think the biggest thing is never to become complacent in having that head start, looking at the com competitors and saying, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? And what's, what's new and out there? And always expecting that technology will have to get better. Um, that is the biggest challenge is just because it works today means it still needs to be far better next year. And that continuing investment and iteration it is something that has to be very foundational to a company. Otherwise, you'll find yourself on 10-year-old code. Yeah, absolutely. Partnerships uh, are something that uh, is, is growing of interest and a growing interest uh, for brands, especially the members of Bullet360. So how do you look at partnerships and, and how do you get partnerships uh, to kind of work for both brands? Yeah, so I, I think there's lots of different ways to partner. Uh, there can be partnerships between brands, partners between uh, vendors and, and uh, brands. Uh, and across the board, I, I, all partnerships need to skip all of that and begin with the customer and look at what is the customer expecting of the brand and how are we delivering it? And as you find that opportunity to improve, asking yourself the tough, hard question, not can I do it? The answer to can you do something is always yes, but it costs money but should I do it? 
Is there someone else who already has the expertise who could do it better, faster, cheaper? Those are the questions that you need to take a breath and evaluate at each step in delivering that customer experience. And anytime that we're about to make a big investment at Overstock in, into, especially in the technology forefront, into the technology, um, we're, we're going to require and expect that, that our product management org is going through an RFP and evaluating, is this a buy versus a build? Is this an opportunity that we should do on our own? Or is there someone who should be helping us? Whether it is uh, integrating a vendor or bringing in a consultant who's done it before, um, that is critical to making sure you, you make the most efficient next step. And to go back just to the last question, because we know that this won't be enough, we know when we complete this level of integration to improve the customer experience, that next year we need to do it again and better. And next year we need to do it again and better. And we, if we build it in-house, we need to understand we're going to continue to have to rewrite and update that code. If we go out, out of house, that we need to trust that that company is going to reliably improve their technology over time. And that's a big part of that commitment is towards the long-term growth of, of these programs. Absolutely. When you look at long-term growth, uh, technology focus, but KPIs, metrics are very important to you. I think you guys do a good job with that. And what are some of the, the measures of success you have for your program? And what KPIs do you and your team look at? Yeah, the, the biggest thing we're going to look at is really the engagement with the customer. Are they actively engaged with, with our brand, with our Club of Loyalty program? Um, are we really growing the customer base and retaining that customer base? Uh, the, the customer is the heart and soul uh, of the company, and we're going to start there. Um, from, from there, we have to look for opportunities to continue to grow it and retain them and lift it to the next level. But I would say that's at the heart, especially in, in the loyalty ecosystem, is really are people engaged and active with us. Absolutely. Um, uh, last question. Uh, how do you think you're different from your competitors? And do you see the same sort of uh, competitors uh, doing the same thing? Are they doing things differently? You know, is having that technology arm kind of a differentiating tool for you? How do you think you're different than the competitive set? So for, for us, our competitor set, it depends what lens you're looking through. Uh, in the e-commerce landscape, there's a handful of people in home goods, some specialize in home goods, some mass merchant. Uh, if you look at nationally, a lot of the home goods business has been distributed to regional brick and mortar stores. Uh, in any community, you can name that big box store, but if you drive 500 miles away, it's going to be a different name. So o Overstock wants to be a national and global brand. And I, I think that differentiates us a lot from the regional home goods stores. Mm -hmm. And really, we want to compete at that large uh, name across the e-commerce platform. When we look at the people competing with us, we know we have many years of experience. So the brick and mortars who are converting to a brick and click strategy, we have a good head start on them. They have great brand recognition, uh, but we built a loyal customer base who knows us for being trusted in e-commerce. At the end of the day, we want everyone to give everyone a shot. But when they come to Overstock, we have great assortment, millions and millions of home good products. We have amazing value, amazing price point. You add on a loyalty program, program that's going to offer 5% rewards back on that with free shipping on everything, which really no one else is doing in the home goods. They all have some threshold at $30, $40, $50 free shipping. Free shipping starts at a penny. Uh, that really helps differentiate us at a value level. We know that with a name like Overstock, people are going to look for value. 
Uh, and we are going to delight them with the assortment depth and the quality of the product. Uh, and then the final thing is our willingness to continue to innovate and continue to surge forward with our technology so that we will be at the lead in the years to come. Absolutely. Yeah. And I get you guys do an amazing job. I think, uh, as you mentioned, you have a very innovative team. You've always uh, spoke uh, so highly of, of your boss and what she does and how she looks at things and, and how she just builds a mindset. And it's always great to hear that. And getting back to, you know, winning the awards that you did, uh, you know, you continue to do well in the employee engagement category. So it's great to see. Um, but the last question I have is kind of somewhat self-serving. What can Loyalty 360 do to help you and you in your journey? So when, when I look at my relationship with Loyalty 360, uh, there are two big calls I have. One is the, the resources of information that you make available, whether it be these types of interviews um, and, and articles. Uh, it, it's always easier to find uh, an answer to a problem that's already been answered, right? Instead of having to test your way into it, let's look at the best practices. Let's look at the insights uh, to give us a start, a starting point. You know, we, we love the scientific method at Overstock. So you have to start all projects with a hypothesis and the hypothesis is always better if someone's already filled in half the blanks about what we're trying to figure out. So I, I love those resources. And then as it's been rather difficult uh, during, during COVID-19, uh, the ability to network and meet uh, amazing leaders uh, across many industries I don't normally get to see. I get to see people in the, the hospitality industry that just I normally don't encounter in my day-to-day -day, um, networking. Uh, this wide range of relationships that I've been able to build with other loyalty leaders um, has really helped me um, develop my personal skills and, and I hope has been shared with the rest of the employees at Overstock as I, I get takeaways from those other leaders who, who take their time to, to share with everyone. That's great. Well, great to hear that. And uh, Jimmy, it's always great to catch up with you and look forward to uh, hopefully seeing this fall and uh, have a great, uh, great spring and summer. And again, thanks for everything you do at Overstock and I look forward to hearing more from you in 2021. Awesome, thanks a lot, Mark. Absolutely, thank you.